the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Apple Podcasts, and TalkLawRadio.com. Try interacting with me during the show by making comments on the live Facebook feed. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. New businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court, county court, or probate court. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only, and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Pastor Phil Doublestein and me give good information to the listeners about innocent life and abortion today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. One of my favorite things about Talk Law Radio is talking about the law and the gospel. I got the idea for the law and gospel segment series because sermons at my church always included both the Old Testament, that's the law, and the gospel, that's the good news. The Christian faith views the Old Testament of the Bible to be the law and the New Testament to be the gospel. When Talk Law Radio gives a program about law and gospel, we are talking about the law of the United States, federal law, and the law of Texas in statutes, court cases, and agency regulations. I like to talk about what the current law requires us to do or forbids us against doing and then talk about what the Bible says Christians should do or not do based on the teachings of Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Lord. Today, our law and gospel program is about abortion, and I realize it's a controversial subject. Pastor Phil will talk about what the Christian Bible says, and I'll talk about what the U.S. and Texas law is. Okay, so Talk Law Radio's mission is to inform and educate you in a professional manner 
and sometimes that includes controversial issues. Today we'll have a professional look at abortion law as written and a Christian point of view on abortion from Lutheran pastor Philip Doublestein of the church at Brooks. I'm sensitive to controversial topics. I respect our right to free speech and to peacefully assemble. Some listeners today might not like what they hear, and and some listeners might. I ask you to return the favor and respect my right under the U.S. Constitution to discuss these issues as well. If you disagree about something that you hear, it's okay to post a comment on Facebook, so long as it's not discourteous. Comments with foul language, insults, and threats will be banned. Sorry that I have to say that. So we're going to be starting with uh, the Supreme Court opinion, Roe v. Wade. And one of the things that the justices that wrote the opinion said in that court case was, quote, We forthwith acknowledge our awareness of the sensitive and emotional nature of the abortion controversy, of the vigorous opposing views even among physicians, and of the deep and seemingly absolute convictions that the subject inspires. One's philosophy, one's experiences, one's exposure to the raw edges of human existence, one's religious training, one's attitudes towards life and family and their values, and the moral standards one establishes and seeks to observe, are all likely to influence and to color one's thinking and conclusions about abortions. Would you say that's all true, Pastor Phil? Absolutely. Okay, well, now I'd like to remind our listeners about who you are. You've been on the show twice already. We talked about estrangement. We talked about the law and gospel on interest, charging interest on loans and so forth. Tell us uh, about your your church and uh, your ministry with Link and, and a, your ministry with coffee. Sure. Well, since we spoke last, uh, I have... Uh, sort of handed off that coffee trailer. Uh, it, it still is part of our, our mission, our ministry, and, uh, and our outreach. Um, but uh, now it's being uh, operated and run uh, by a manager um, named Erin Wimberly, and she's doing a, a wonderful job. But that has freed me up. The reason why we did that was because the executive director for Link San Antonio took a call to be a professor at the seminary in St. Louis. And so uh, the the board of Link San Antonio, that's the Lutheran Intercity Network Coalition, asked me to step in as an interim executive director. And so I've been so – we're starting to restart some of the outreach stuff that Link has been known for mm-hmm. for the past 12 years because when COVID hit, as you know, a lot of the stuff that we do, we do is relational. and right. And so we were sort of cut off from – doing that. And so now we're, we're starting to restart some things and that's been taking up some, some of my time, but, uh, we are still, um, plugging away with this church plant at Brooks. Uh, the church at Brooks is, is doing well. We're, we're in a movie theater now, uh, have been since June of last year. We moved in because San Antonio summers are not very friendly <laughs> and we were out hot. in the park. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like having to, uh, already be sweaty before, uh, before service started mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, and that's been good for us. Uh, right now we're, we're gearing up, we're training our people um, to, to speak about the gospel and the things of everyday life. And so we're going through a program right now uh, encouraging everybody to, to think about their own story and, and where their story fits in the, the story, right, the, the story that, uh, of God interacting with this world. And the goal ultimately for that is to uh, start some faith-based communities where our members live mm-hmm. rather than the you know, invite people to church mm-hmm. model that, let's be honest, I mean, when was the last time that you 
successfully invited somebody to church. Um, And how many times have you done that in your entire life? Um, I know for me, it's a woefully small number. Um, But uh, how many times have I talked about Jesus in my everyday life? That's that that number goes very high. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you. Great. Well, thank you for being here. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll We'll be talking about the law of abortion in Texas and the United States right now. And then we'll get into what the Bible says about it. And it's okay to have this conversation, don't you think? I think it needs to happen. Okay. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. estate questions have profound impacts on your business or estate. Changes of ownership to your real estate could impact your business or your legacy to your children and grandchildren. It may be less expensive to prevent a mistake than to correct one. If you have real estate questions, it's a good idea to contact an attorney who focuses on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Markport, here with Pastor Phil from the church at Brooks. And we're talking about abortion law today, and we're talking about what the Bible says about abortion, and we'll be talking about the gospel. So if you have comments about this, uh, feel free to post them on Facebook in our live feed. Uh, You can find us on Facebook. Just search Talk Law Radio in the search bar, and you'll see uh, what looks like Lady and Lady Justice uh, with the scales of justice in uh, red, white, and blue colors. So Pastor Phil was telling us uh, a little bit about what he's up to right now, and I just wanted him to say something about where the church has services. Right. So uh, before the break, we, we I, I said we're gearing up to go out into the community because inviting people to church is not the most effective method for uh, getting the gospel out. Um, but if you are looking to come to a church, mm-hmm. uh, we meet at uh, City Base Cinema um, right across the street from uh, Incarnate Word University's uh, medical school um, off of Southeast Military and South New Braunfels. Um, and so it's called City Based Cinema. We meet at 10 o'clock for worship on Sunday mornings. And then at 11 o'clock, we, uh, we have our Bible study hour. And right now we are talking about how to talk about the gospel. So if you're interested in, in learning more about that, uh, you can visit uh, brookschurch.org. So. Okay. And if they want to get to know you a little bit, um, they can probably search for you on YouTube. Yes. Right. Uh, what well, kind? Uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, Facebook. Oh, is that where your videos are? Yes. I, I don't think we posted them to to YouTube. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Facebook. We've I've done some stuff, some series on uh, faith and film, you know, Christ and film, um, and uh, also did a series about uh, some ancient early heresies. Um, okay. Heresies, just you know, false teachings, mm-hmm. um, because. Nowadays, with people um, not really knowing the history of the church and where the church has been, uh, there are some heresies, there are some false teachings that are arising that have already been dealt with um, several hundred or maybe even, you know, 1,500 years ago. Wow. Um, and so addressing those ancient ones mm-hmm. can help shed light on, on what's true and what we believe now. Sometimes history repeats itself. History always repeats <laughs> itself, yeah. Okay. So we were talking about abortion, and most people know that uh, Roe versus Wade was a Supreme Court case that legalized abortion. Um, what some people might not know is that uh, for many hundreds of years before that, abortion was illegal already. And But between 1962 and 1973, 
17 states amended their laws to allow abortions in cases such as rape, health risks, and fetal damage. Um, Four states, Alaska, Hawaii, New York, and Washington, allowed the procedure whenever a woman and her doctor deemed it necessary. And during that time period, 1962 to 1973, only Pennsylvania uh, had a total ban on the procedure. So January 22, 1973, that's when Roe v. Wade was decided, 7-2. Seven justices uh, voted to legalize abortion, and so that's where Roe v. Wade comes from. And uh, since then, there's been lots of court cases uh, fine-tuning the law, And the reason that uh, it's come to my attention again is because recently, September uh, 2021, the state of Texas passed a new law. Uh, It was known as Senate Bill 8, the Heartbeat Act, um, that forbids abortion after a fetal heartbeat can be detected. Did you hear about this in the news? Oh, yeah, it was everywhere. (laughs) I I think people are still talking about it. Yes, Um, because um, there was another Supreme Court case that addressed this new Texas law, and uh, what happened is there were some lawsuits against some doctors. The Senate Bill 8 allows for regular everyday citizens to sue abortion providers um, even when they're not subject to having an abortion. Um, the Roe versus Wade, on the other hand, one, one of the ladies involved in, in that case, she wanted to have an abortion, but she couldn't. So this Texas law is different where um, somebody from Arkansas filed suit against a doctor for performing an abortion. So it's it's really different. And um, this caused the United States Department of Justice to file a lawsuit against the state of Texas. So there's a, a Supreme Court case uh, called United States versus Texas. And the, the legal opinion is sort of confusing. Um, what happened is there was a, a district court that that said that the law could not be enforced because it was unconstitutional. Then it got appealed to the Fifth Circuit and the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said that um, we're not going to change uh, what the Fifth Circuit said. The Fifth Circuit said we're not going to enforce that district court's judgment so basically, the, the Senate Bill 8 law is still good. You still can't get an abortion in Texas after six weeks because that's when um, the you can detect a fetal heartbeat. Uh, maybe as a point of clarification, you still can, but abortion providers will likely not uh, oh, not uh, right. pr- do the procedure because they, they could would be, be sued. they could be sued right so so what the law did it is it didn't make it illegal that's um, true they it just legalized and set a you know a, a standard by which uh, an there's individual statu- private citizen could sue someone for having that procedure right and there's a statutory um, damages of ten thousand dollars correct. And uh, nobody wants to pay ten thousand dollars. So right. So they they either cross state lines, or you would have to pay you know your whatever an abortion costs plus ten thousand dollars if you wanted a provider to do it after that six weeks. Right. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Okay. So we have that going on. There was another court case in Mississippi that uh, says you can't have an abortion after 15 weeks. There was an, uh, a Supreme Court case um, there as well. But the one I'm, I'm focusing on today is the Texas case, since we're in Texas. And um, if you have comments about that, post it on our Facebook page. Uh, search Talk Law Radio. 
Or you can call the radio station at 9.30 a.m. The Answer, KLUP, at 210-308-8867. Okay, Pastor Phil, so <clears throat> we've been talking about what the law allows and what the law forbids uh, on a secular level. Let's talk about what the Bible says um, when when you have to have this conversation uh, on a theological level. Where do you go first? Uh, well, f- f- first you should know that, um, and, and probably we should let your listeners know too, that as we were talking about this before, we we both sort of said, you know, we're a little scared, right? Um, we We as Christians have to come at this from a very humble point of view, but it is an emotionally charged thing, right? Um, and if you if you have children and you think about, you know, what would what would happen if they weren't there? That that it's a right. it's a fear thing that that come, overcomes you too. And so uh, I'm just going to ask your your viewers for a little bit of grace because not only am I male, um, uh, and that will serve to sort of discredit us to some listeners, potential listeners, um, but I also am a pastor, and so y- you probably already know where. <laughs> Uh, where I'm going to end up on this. It's, right. it's sort of how you get there that um, where, where we have some, some leeway to talk, right? Um, because I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert, um, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a Lutheran pastor and I, I'm pro-life, okay? So right. if, if, if that's going to turn you off, you should probably just turn off your radio right now. Um, but if you want to know how I, how I make that leap to being pro-life, then then let's have this conversation. Well, see, right? I have lots of friends that have various perspectives on a lot of issues. And when they say something, I don't get mad at them. You know, I'll listen. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not change my mind, but I'm, I'm still going to listen because, uh, you know, I like to stay in relationship with people. And but sometimes it's not the other way around. And that, and that's my fear that um, not only are people going to be mad at me um, for having this viewpoint um, because they f- might feel attacked uh, for me trying to impose my beliefs on them, um, but they might think, well, I, I can no longer be friends with Todd because of yeah. this perspective that he has. Yeah. Um, but I'm here anyway because I, I feel like God has called me to do this, and uh, I I believe that um, every life is valuable, and I would like to preserve life. Um, I think there's a difference between innocent life and and criminals, you know, that um, might might be punished for the things that they do, um, but uh, babies and unborn children. Um, uh, a fetus, um, I I view as innocent huh. in all this, huh. so that's where I'm coming from. But uh, I'll I'll let you uh, get back to the Bible. Okay, where do we start on this? Well, you obviously start from a point of of grace, right? Because you and I are having a conversation. This is not the same conversation that I would necessarily have with uh, with, with a scared teenage girl or right. a woman, right, right. Um, who, who doesn't know what to do, right, uh, is in a, mm-hmm. found herself in a bad situation that she, she put herself in or she didn't put herself in, right? I mean, um, as the case may be with, you know, uh, an unplanned pregnancy or, you know, a, a pregnancy that's a result of, of violence, right? Um, and and so, so anytime we have this conversation, you always have to take a step back and say, if you're in this situation right now, just like you, just like you make a disclaimer about the legal stuff at the mm-hmm, beginning, mm-hmm. that you have to go and talk to your professional, right. uh, and this is just generality. I have to make that disclaimer right now. You know, go and talk to your pastor if you're in this situation right now, or go and talk to, to somebody that you trust uh, who loves you. Right? Um, we're going to speak in generalities right now. Okay. And where I would go with that um, is is really a, just a logical thing first off, right? Um, when when I hear arguments for abortion, 
not that people tend to ju- try to justify themselves anymore, but the, the arguments for abortion usually, in, in my opinion, require a certain amount of um, of posturing and rationa- rational rationalizing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's not just that hey, this is right on the face of it. It's well look at all of these other things that are right and what if and what if and what if, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so I'm going to talk about, when we come back from the break, the, the, just the logical stuff of what if and, um, and if you land on this side of the aisle, this is what you should believe. If you land on this side of the aisle, this is what you should believe. Okay. Well, thank you for saying that disclaimer. And uh, we'll be talking about the law and gospel of abortion when we come back. Stay tuned. Back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Pastor Phil from the church at Brooks talking about abortion. And Pastor Phil was just uh, saying that we were having a broad discussion here and that if you're, if this is affecting you personally right now, that uh, maybe you shouldn't just rely on what you're hearing today, but go talk to people. Uh, who you trust, uh, and I'm thinking back to when when I was 19 and my girlfriend found out that she was pregnant. Um, you know, we thought, we were afraid, and there were fears that we had that never came to fruition. You know, they, they were fears that didn't play out. So our our parents were very supportive. You know, they didn't demand anything. They didn't kick us out. You know, we we had challenges for sure, but um all of the stuff we were afraid of, you know, being outcast and and banned from our families didn't happen. And and maybe that does happen to some people that decide to bring their their child um, to term, um, but there might be other resources that they, they don't know about that can make that a little bit easier. Hmm. So just some some personal uh, experience that, that might shed some light on my perspective here. Yeah. And praise the Lord for your, uh, for your family um, being not only gracious, but, but supportive. Um, I know that that's not everybody's reality. Right. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you want to just jump back into what we were talking about. Sure. Um, I, I think you had asked me to come on the, sh- on the show to to talk about the biblical perspective. And I don't know if the biblical perspective is necessarily a a verse-by-verse thing. Right. So, so Christians, we believe that God created everything, right? Um, that he spoke it into being, uh, that God is the source of life and that God has given us life, right? Um, and, and so when Jesus be, or when God becomes human at, uh, the incarnation, um, we, we are also, um, more certain that, that we are sort of the pinnacle of his creation, right? Um, because God didn't become a dog to redeem the dogs. He didn't, he didn't become, mm-hmm. you know, a kangaroo to redeem the kangaroos. <laughs> he became a human to redeem humanity, to redeem the whole world, right? right. Um, and so, so we know that, that human life is something that God takes very, very seriously, okay? So if you're a Christian, then you need to take human life very, very seriously, and and my question to to anyone who would call themselves Christian um, or who would confess faith in in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, who who would also be um, pro-abortion, um, my my question would be, how do you justify not letting nature run its course in that regard? 
mm-hmm. right? Um, not letting life, you know, happen, right? You're, you're, you're intervening in human life um, in, a, in a violent way. I mean, you know what, uh, what abortion does, right? It's a violent thing. Um, well, if, you, if you don't believe in God, then— I, Let me interrupt you. When I was at St. Mary's going to law school— we had a club called uh, the Society for Law and Life, hmm. and we we were studying, you know, the Supreme Court rulings at the time, and we had a table, you know, we were promoting our club, and there was a, a young woman that came by and said, how dare you tell me what I can and can't do with my own body? And, and I said, well, the the baby inside of you that's not your body that's that's the baby's body and she said that's just a bunch of cells hmm. and so i i would say that the cells are alive it's it it's goes through a process of developing into what what we know to be a baby you know after it's born but while it's still developing in the womb it's still alive right right yeah and and so there is a there's a place here and i will bring scripture into this um for this part right here if you are a christian and you don't know what side of the aisle you stand on between pro-life and uh, uh pro-abortion um you know luke chapter one mary goes to visit elizabeth right um it says at that time mary got ready and hurried down uh, hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's uh, home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, the baby being John the Baptist, mm-hmm. right, um, Jesus' cousin. So uh, so we see that there, there is a response there. Um, there is, there is a, a living thing in there. It doesn't say that Elizabeth's belly leaped. Mm-hmm. Right. It says that there was there was a response from a uh, I think you have to take it sentient um, living living human mm-hmm. in inside of her. And so as as Christians, we know that uh, um, that there is that ability for faith. That's why Lutherans and Catholics and uh, many other Christian denominations baptize babies because of this idea right here that babies you know even though they cannot perform the the confession of faith uh, because they can't speak yet they can still have faith right um so so as so as christians uh as people who believe in a creator uh far be it from us to to destroy a life that god has redeemed has sacrificed his his son for right if you fall on the other side of the aisle though if you're tuning in right now or listening um and you don't believe in god and you think okay well so i don't have a moral responsibility here and and we can just you know we'll change the language and we'll we'll instead of calling it uh, a, a child we'll call it an uh, an embryo uh, an embryo a zygote uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. a fetus we'll just change the change the language and that'll make us feel better about it um i'm sorry that sounds insensitive but i'm you know that's essentially what happened um then then you probably also believe in in some sort of evolution, right? Um, you don't believe that God created everything, um, and so there is no moral, you know, uh, absolutes there. And so let's let's go down that road for a second. If you go down that road, then you find yourself in a very dangerous, you know, philosophical position as well, because now you have to explain why you want your genetic material to not live and not survive. You're intervening in the evolution process. Well, not only that, but if you want to have an abortion or if you want to have, you know, your your genetic material killed off, you are betraying your genetic imperative. Mm-hmm. And your genetic imperative in the evolutionary scheme is really your only imperative. To reproduce. Right. Uh, to spread your own genes, to to make sure your genes continue, mm-hmm. and, and so, 
And so it doesn't seem like either of those worldviews has a place for abortion. The worldview that has a place for abortion is really from fear, right? And we all know what kind of decisions we make when we're afraid. Do we make the, the best, most informed decision when we're afraid? No. No. And, and, so, and so as Christians, we, we're, we come in with the gospel and say, this is why you don't need to be afraid. We come in with our resources, we should anyway, right? And say, you know, let me help you. Just like your family did to you, right? right? And and your girlfriend, um, we need to be supportive, and so so we can take a hard, firm stance on on being pro life, and still have this tenderness for the individual, right? And I think that that is what gets lost when Christians start, you know, marching around and holding up signs and and really trying to speak the truth is is that that love gets somehow distorted or, or it doesn't, it's not communicated, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, and it's not received. Uh, and so, so we need to be careful that when we're taking a, a firm stance that we love life, right? It, I, I saw it quoted once. Um, it said, as, a, as somebody who is pro-life, I'm not just seeking to end abortion, I'm seeking to to promote a culture that loves humans, mm-hmm. that loves life, that doesn't see humans as liabilities. Yeah, let me give another quote. Um, the Nobel Peace Prize winner, uh, Mother Teresa, in her acceptance speech focused on abortion. She said, peace is threatened by abortion. Hmm. Today, abortion is the worst evil and the greatest enemy of peace. Because if a mother can kill her own child, what will prevent us from killing ourselves or one another? Nothing. That's what Mother Teresa said. We have to take another break. Uh, When we come back, uh, we'll be talking more about what the Bible says about abortion. So stay tuned. estate questions have profound impacts on your business or estate. Changes of ownership to your real estate could impact your business or your legacy to your children and grandchildren. It may be less expensive to prevent a mistake than to correct one. If you have real estate questions, it's a good idea to contact an attorney who focuses on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, here with Pastor Phil from the Church at Brooks. We're talking about abortion, the law, and what the Bible says. Pastor Phil, um, we had a couple quotes before the break, and you were talking about what the Bible says uh, about life. Uh, Where do we go next? Well, I think if we're going to bring this full circle... um, we we talk about what what happens when when somebody has already had an abortion, right? Um, and uh, and there is a sense of of, of guilt or, or shame or um, you know or our, maybe just something's missing. Sure, you know our society is very very um, anti woman when it comes to that. Right, uh, our society who, that would that would be pro-abortion says that if a woman does have an abortion and feels any guilt or shame for it, that is wrong, and she should be proud of it. Right, and so so there's no real room for a woman to grieve if that's where her mind goes, where her heart goes, and so as a as a a Christian, we need to be. We need to be the ones who are tender at that end too, right? 
Um, and so if someone came to me and, and said, you know, I have I had this abortion, I, I don't know how I feel. Maybe she's confused. Maybe she doesn't know how to feel about it. Maybe she is grieving. Maybe she's maybe she's convicted, but she still doesn't feel bad about it or something, right? You, you take each situation as a unique situation, but ultimately you want to arrive at that gospel. You want to lead with the gospel, right? You don't lead with the law after something's already been done. Mm-hmm. You, you, lead, you lead with the gospel, and that gospel says there is forgiveness. There is a God who is merciful. There's a God who loves little children, um, and and loves you and calls you a child too, and so so let me introduce you to that God first, right? Um, because that that the the God of that has wrath, that God already got rid of all of His wrath on Jesus, mm-hmm. and He wants you to come under you know the, the authority of Jesus, so that. So that you can be his child, right? And and so and so you know if a if a woman came to me and said I I had an abortion I don't know how to feel about this I would say, okay. First of all, let's let's just let's just get these emotions out, right? Um, and second of all, let's talk about how loving our God is. I'm not going to condemn you for doing something wrong just like jesus when when the the pharisees uh, bring um bring the woman who was caught in adultery mm-hmm. they bring her to jesus uh because according to the law she should be stoned to death uh jesus squats down and he's writing something in the sand and and scripture doesn't tell us what uh but uh he says you know the you without sin be the first to cast the stone and everybody sort of, you can just see them, they, they start hanging their heads and they walk away until it's just Jesus and that woman left. And Jesus looks up, nobody's around except for the woman, and he says, so nobody's condemning you? And she, she, you can just almost hear the smile and the words of the page, mm-hmm. just, no one, no one, Lord. And he goes, well, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more, right? And so Jesus essentially says, you're free now. I have set you free. I am the one who set you free. Now, now go and 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 be free, right? And for a Christian, that means be life affirming, right? Um, and there might be other churches out there that are not this way, and so I think that's what causes some confusion for people is because they may have had a bad experience with the church. Yeah. And but that doesn't mean that that that's the only church, you know, find one that teaches Jesus forgiveness. Yeah. And so I I wanted you to share something more about um the mission for your church and how you might be a little bit different when you're when you're reaching out to those who um, are Christians for the first time, they don't even know what we're talking about yet, or they're, they're coming from a place where they, um, you know, are more like the prodigal son, and, and they're trying to get back to um, their faith. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your unique perspective and, and your church's mission, the, the church at Brooks. In regards to, in regards to people that are sort of uncomfortable with um, what they believe or they don't know what they believe. Yeah, so I. It's funny that you that you ask it that way because I was having a conversation with my with my parents just just last night, and um, I, I was given by a mentor of mine this this little piece of vocabulary, and for your listeners here, you can steal it from me, post it, whatever. There are going to be places where where God and you disagree. There just are, right? I mean, that's the product of having a perfect, infinite God who has who who created this this world to to operate in a certain way, and it's not operating in that way anymore, right? Sin has broken everything, and so 
so there might be places where you and where you and God disagree. This is this is what I want you to say when you find those places. I want you to say God and I disagree about this. And you'll notice that there's that there's a position there, right? What comes first? God. God comes first. And then you. And it's okay to vo- to voice those disagreements. And I think you have to in order for truth to come in, right? Um, but you don't just sweep it under the rug. And, and what I try to do with people who are maybe new to the faith is I try to, to explain to them, yeah, any time that you have a perfect being mm-hmm. and you yourself are imperfect, there's going to be some disagreement. But ultimately, you're seeking to submit to God's will even in your disagreements, so, so if somebody's coming to my my church and they have made mistakes, or or maybe they say they they don't have any mistakes, I would disagree with them, uh, but I, maybe not publicly. And I would just say, look, you know, um, this is what Scripture says about the human existence: we are broken, our hearts are deceitful, and um, and what we really can trust is the testimony of Scripture more than we can trust our own hearts. And so you have to put God in that position as the supreme, even if you don't get it, even if it makes you uncomfortable, even if it causes you pain. That's why we have a community. That's why we have the church, Mm -hmm. so that we can go through those uncomfortable moments, those painful moments together. And even when we fail to do the right thing, we're restored by our brothers and sisters. That's that's why Jesus left us with the church, um, because we're we're all working this out in fear and trembling, as Paul right. says, right? Um, but on on the on the same side as that fear and trembling, there's also the opportunity for so much love and so much warmth and so much you know human compassion, and that has to be there. Um, and and I hope that it is at, at my church. I hope that it is. I hope that people would would say that we are very real, and the conversations that happen at my church, I, I try, try to tell people to have the the parking lot conversations inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the conversations that matter, not you know okay, you know the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make <laughs> His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you, the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. So where are we going to lunch? That I don't like that. That that, that I, I don't think that happens at at our church. We we try to have the real conversations, but we do so because we love each other. Okay, so let's mention again where your church is located. Uh, yeah, so it's called the Church at Brooks. You can find us at brookschurch.org uh, or on Facebook at uh, Brooks Church SA, and um, and we worship at ten a.m. on Sunday mornings uh, at City Base Cinema, which is. Um, in City Base West, which is right on the corner of uh, Southeast Military and South New Braunfels Avenue. Okay, great. Um, before we end the show, I wanted to say something about legacy because the law firm sponsors the show and we focus on business and estate law, which includes wills and trusts and, and the legacy that you leave when you pass away. And Part of that, I was thinking, is our children. And um, God bless you if uh, you want children but can't have children. Um, I still think that the children are, you know, this generation's legacy. I mean, that's how we continue on. And part of what I want my kids to remember about me is that I loved them, and I tried to teach them, uh, especially about the gospel, and that I confronted difficult issues <laughs> like this uh, issue of abortion. Uh, what are some things that you hope your kids remember you by? Well, yeah, I certainly uh, hope that they remember that um, that I loved God more than anything, <laughs> um, but I always tell Kate, um, I will be very happy if at my funeral my kids say, Dad liked to play. You know, I don't want to be the dad that 
that just sits on the couch all the time or, uh, you know, is, is apart from his kids when they're mm-hmm. playing. I want to be the one who, uh, who likes to play with my kids. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have to end the show. And so I want to give you the last word. Is there anything else that you want people to know about this? If you're afraid, you're in uh, good company. And if you, uh, if you have taken a stance, um, a hard stance against abortion in a way that is unloving, um, there's time to repent. And, uh, and I think that we just need to let the gospel lead um, and, and start being people who, who support each other and build this culture of life um, and not of death. Thank you so much. I want to end with a prayer myself. Uh, Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to spread the gospel through radio. And I pray that you would forgive us if uh, we made a mistake in explaining um, the biblical perspective of abortion. I pray that you would use this uh, message to reach your people for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Talk Law Radio. Uh, Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be talking about something else. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.